Hey, welcome to week two, number two, numero dos of our uh, church podcast. Uh, we are so grateful that you have made it to the five seconds that we've been recording so far. And hopefully you uh, checked out last week. If not, we are grateful that you're here as we uh, dive into uh, a little more of our sermon material. So my name is Dustin, if we have met and you are. And I'm Ryan. And if you are listening to the podcast, I want to tell you that we have a YouTube feed that you can find ccc now search that on youtube and you can find video of our beautiful faces and if you're watching the youtube and you don't want to watch the video just want to listen to the audio you can find the podcast uh basically anywhere you find your podcast so so do they just search because i haven't done it ccc or do you need to search christ community church carmichael so actually you need to search Christ Community Church podcast and it's still hard to find because there's lots of Christ Community Churches and we don't have that many people subscribed yet. So it will become easier to find. You can also search my name, Ryan Balby, and it will help you find out on the podcast form. Okay. So this podcast is really about Ryan Balby. Pretty much. Yeah. This is just my chance for fame and glory. Oh, I thought that's what we right. agreed upon. That's what Jesus modeled too in his ministry. Well, Dustin, we <laughs> started last week of talking through the sermons and kind of recapping and diving a little bit deeper. And normally that will be you asking me questions. Yeah. But today we get to we get to flip spots here. Yeah. So we'll stand up and switch. Just kidding. Um, but yeah, today I get to ask you because you were the one who preached. And so I did Genesis 1-1 last week. Yeah, let's talk about that, by the way. <laughs> so I don't know if you caught that in my introduction. I was, I was trying to throw you under the bus a little bit. How did you get one verse and I got the six days of creation and 25 verses? You know what the best part is? Is that next week I'm basically covering two verses. So <laughs> I just am sticking with a really small section and just giving away all the big ones. Okay. I, I just thought it'd be more fun for you, you know, yeah. to cover more. It was a little difficult uh, preparing for the message of not going down all the different rabbit trails, which is all great content and staying focused on the, the main purpose of the message. Listen, what is the main purpose of the message? Well, I would start off by saying the main purpose of the message was uh, a Christian understanding that God created the heavens and the earth. Uh, I know you spoke into that last week, but it's where we need to start this message also of creation. Uh, so God is the creator, um, but it was important to um, press into that God spoke creation into being and that God created out of nothing. God uh, as you know, historically through Christianity, we believe, um, and what's what we say is ex nihilo, God created out of nothing. Because if we don't answer that question, uh, biblically, theologically, uh, then God is really not the creator of all. And it creates so many more, uh, questions, uh, about our God. Yeah. You, you compared it, you talked about like we could go to a vacant lot and we can't just build something unless we gather materials and build it together but that's not what God did. Why, why is that important to distinguish between those two ideas? Yeah, I think it's really, it's, um, it's being able to answer that question in relationship to what our culture teaches. I mean, it's really going to put you on two different trajectories. Uh, when we come at it from scripture and, and, and Christians, um, is we have to, well, to answer it directly, that's because what the Bible says, <laughs> Is that, is that, are you trying to get me the Sunday that's, school answer? Hey, that's, that's a great way of doing it. The Sunday school answer is often the right I know, answer. I'm telling you, it's, it was, it, this, it was a little bit of a challenge this week of like, okay, you want to dive into the nuances of it all. No, no, no. We need to back up at the, you know, 60,000 foot level and 
uh, it's important to point out that God is the creator, the creator of all, because scripture says so. And uh, as Christians, we, we look at the Bible as that is our rule. That is the canon. That is uh, where we find truth. Um, you know, again, I think we talked about last week, Second Timothy uh, 3 talks about that all scripture is God breathed. And um, if we don't believe that, and we also don't believe that God is the creator, which is the very first, you know, verse of the Bible. Uh, why? I mean, it would be very challenging to read beyond that. So, well, I think that God's ability to create out of nothing speaks to his omnipotence. It speaks to his power and his authority that he didn't have to go into the universe that was already that already had all the building blocks and all the materials and then gather and create from what someone else had given to him goes back to kind of what we were talking about last week, that, that God is self-sufficient. He doesn't yep. need anything. And so I think that's a significant part of creation is that it's not just, hey, here's your Legos and he's building something really cool out of Legos, which is nice. But no, he is the creator of the building blocks and then uses the building blocks to create that, you know, that he created. So it is, it is significant because it speaks a, a truth about God's power and his nature and his character in there. Yeah. Um, you, you talked also about how you went back to John 1, 1 and talked about how really Jesus was there in the beginning and like, why, why is John 1, 1 so significant and tying in? I mean, it's similar, but, but why do we need to know that Jesus was a part of creation? Yeah, that's a good question. I think it also goes back to your message of, um, when you were trying to help, uh, help us understand the importance of reading in the old Testament. So old Testament, new Testament, uh, it, it could be a common understanding that, hey, we're really all supposed to be about Jesus. So isn't that the New Testament? So let's focus there, forget the Old Testament. Um, and so the importance of re- revisiting uh, the doctrine of the Trinity and going to John, John 1, 1 and to Genesis 1 is to help Christians connect the pieces that, no, no, no. Jesus is a part, he is our Trinitarian God. Mm -hmm. And so he was pre-incarnate Old Testament uh, at creation. And so people have this uh, full understanding of the doctrine of the Trinity. Uh, Otherwise you can easily fall into beliefs of modalism that, okay, in the beginning it was God that created. And then the Holy Spirit was, you know, helping out his people throughout time. And then, you know, God shows up as Jesus, as man, and you, you end up with some really skewed beliefs. Yeah. Uh, so Dustin, here is the question that I think everyone wants you to answer. Well, one of the, one of the questions that everyone wants you to answer after the sermon, how old is the earth? <laughs> well, if you're at our last service, I, uh, I kind of let the cat out of the bag and, and place myself as a young earther. Oh, so I yeah. missed that part. Yeah. Well, um, so I, I would say that, you know, the earth is somewhere between six to 10,000, you know, years old. So and to acknowledge, I think that comes out of my, you know, when I was handed the Bible, I'm like, hey, this is God's truth. This is how we know who he is. And I believe God is a God of order and not of confusion. Um, so when, you know, when we were talking about the age of the earth or whatnot, you know, there's been way smarter people than I that have taken all the genealogies of scripture and, you know, come up with, we'll say 6,000-ish years old, whatever, add four more thousand to it. There's a range. That's nothing to debate or argue about. So, but I will say like I did in my message, there are other Orthodox Christian valid, 
positions. So my brothers and sisters that hold a old earth, young humanity viewpoint, I love them. We're still brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, they might look at me as, oh, you're just one of those fundamentalists. You're, you don't believe in science. No, I, I, I truly, I do. But um, I believe in a big God that can just speak into being whatever he wants it to be and whatever we can perceive it to be. Yeah, you, you said in your message, and you did a really good job of making sure this was, this was stated, you said that this is a non-essential. What does it mean to have a non-essential belief? Because you clarified in your message, it doesn't mean it's not important, but Correct. what does it mean to be non-essential, and, and how do we really move forward in unity on these non-essential issues? Yeah. Well, to be clear, there are churches that they make this an essential doctrine, meaning you have to hold the belief and viewpoint of creation that they do. Otherwise, they're going to you, you don't fit there. They're going to squeeze you out. And so um, what, what I meant by essential, non-essential is um, the viewpoint of creation beyond God being the creator is a non-essential, meaning we can have different, I would say, Christian viewpoints mm -hmm. If you're a Christian and you fully believe in a naturalistic, evolutionary, um, big bang theory viewpoint that kind of puts God to the side, we're going to have an issue with that. But I'm still going to love that person and pray that, you know, they come around to understanding what scripture says that in the beginning, God, and then we can walk through other scripture that talks about, you know, that God, did, God created out of nothing, um, so uh, again, back to the non-essential essential is it is a very important topic um, talking about creation and how it may be, how it came about to be, uh, but it's not something that we're going to divide over. So some of the other, like when we're talking about essentials, non-essentials, you know, like we believe uh, that Jesus Christ is God. That's an essential. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, that's good. Where, where would you just on the essential, non-essential, like where would you point people to if you said, hey, here are the essentials that every Christian, if you're going to call yourself a Christian, this is what you believe. Is there, is there one specific place where you would point, I mean, other than the Bible, you know, but is there one specific thing that kind of maybe summarizes, here is what you have to believe to be a Christian? Yeah, I mean, this is where we need to, I think, reach back into um, the history of the Christian faith, like, you know, the Apostles' Creed spells it all out so yeah i think that's the simplest one that covers pretty much everything that we would consider essential in yeah. there and if it's not in there then you know it doesn't mean it's not important it's good to talk about it's good to have discussions about we want to find the truth but we want to keep the main thing the main thing i actually heard a i think it was a podcast an interview with andy stanley and he was talking about christian beliefs and basically how we need to keep Jesus at the center of all things and talked about this Christian college that he went to, which apparently this is a thing and this is a whole different conversation, but there's, there are, there is a, I, there are people who are at least calling themselves Christians. They're teaching in some Christian colleges that will, will tell you that all of the old Testament is, is just metaphorical and it, it's just, you know, a big metaphor and points to something else. And so uh, Andy Sam was saying he was in that class and like everyone walked out of that class being like, oh yeah, the Old Testament, it's not real. Like it just, you know, it's all just stories that are meant to tell us something. And, and then they start, like he said, the, the danger is then you start to question things like Jesus and okay, well, is Jesus real? Like what is real in the, in the, in, Bi in the Bible? And you kind of talked about this in your message. When you start going down that, that road, you can very quickly get thrown off course. But, but his main point was, hey, it points to Jesus. That's the, that's the main thing. Mm -hmm. He said, 
Now, and he looked back and said, I think you need to have some of these beliefs because Jesus talked about them as if they were real. So it seems like they're real. So if you're looking at Jesus as truthful, you probably need to believe what he says. Yeah. But keeping the main thing is important because otherwise, <clears throat> you know, we can get in these fights over things that don't matter and we can just get ourselves way off course if we focus too much on these non-essentials on, you know, yeah. things that don't point us to Christ. Well, I think two things to, to that. Um, one, it'd be complete, I would say rubbish to, you know, say, hey, we, you know, the Old Testament is completely metaphorical. I mean, we're talking about God's chosen people and their history of his interactions with them. Um, and then I think you briefly just mentioned it. Jesus, after he is, uh, he rose from the grave and, you know, he, he was walking with the disciples or the believers on the road to Emmaus. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it clearly says that he went back into, in essence, the Old Testament, and pointed out all the places that it was speaking about him. This is what also frustrated about uh, frustrated me about my uh, Hebrews or my uh, Old Testament class in seminary. That the professor was like, "If you read Jesus into the Old Testament, uh, you're not reading it correctly." Like, oh, okay, what that rubbish. Which so. which is which is funny because. You know, that's one of our points through the series is that Genesis points us to Jesus. I don't know how you don't see Jesus in the midst of, I mean, even what you talked about with creation, like how you don't connect John 1, 1 to Genesis 1, 1 and see that Jesus was there in the beginning. And really, this is a story about G God's plan for redemption through Christ. Like it just, I don't know how you do that. Well, my friend, I would like to remind you that the original hearers of that, those you know, moments in history they weren't on the uh, this side of the cross after Jesus rose from the grave. So here's my point in this also of saying this. We have that great beauty to be able to see all this stuff. And yet so many of us claim to follow Jesus, but haven't taken the time to dive into this and see the beautiful connection between Jesus and the Old Testament, the New Testament and all that stuff. So, yeah. So with the idea of it being a non-essential and we as the church <clears throat> want to be unified under the essential beliefs, we can have conversations about this. We can have debates. Um, how important is it to understand maybe multiple viewpoints of creation and maybe even to be able, is it important? Is it needed to be able to defend multiple views? I mean, you said you're a young earth. Can you defend the old earth? Do you need to defend the old earth? How much, like how much should Christians explore these different views? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think, you know, going back to your other comment about, uh, being in a, a class and the, Hey, we don't need to really pay attention to the old Testament. Um, we do, we need to be students. We need to learn. Um, we need to, I would, I even pointed out my message is kind of going away from your question a little bit, but I point out the fact if you're a medical, if you're in the medical field or the science field and you're a devoted follower of Jesus, like what a beautiful opportunity that you have to be in, an, in a, a field in an industry that is going to have way more atheists mm -hmm. than probably other industries and fields. Um, way more people that are going to have a, a naturalistic worldview to, to just have conversation with them and not be offended by their responses. I think that's the, one of the big things is that as Christians, we should not be offended uh, of other viewpoints. We should dive in. We should study. We should learn. Um, you know, and I talked a little bit in my message about uh, Dr. John Lennox, who this is what he's done. He's a he's a mathematician from Oxford University, but he's dove he dove into this topic and he got the opportunity to have a conversation with uh, I haven't followed up, but I think it's Richard Hawkins, mm -hmm. one of the big atheists. 
Um, and like, what a great opportunity to engage someone who holds a completely different worldview and belief than you and, you know, not have an issue with it and, and to follow and step out and to be able to point to scripture of the God you believe in. Um, so, ba you know, back to the essential, non-essential, uh, we, we should, we should not be offended when another church is adamant about, Hey, at this church, we believe this about creation. Like they're just being upfront about it. And then the question you have to work through is like, okay, is this such an essential that if I'm like in a small group here and they hold uh, an old earth view and I'm like, no guys, it's young earth. Like, uh, you know, are they going to squeeze me out? I would hope not, but there's churches like that. My prayer is that I don't think Christ community churches, you know, we don't have small groups based around the uh, six days of creation that you must believe to join the small group. So, yeah. Well, and I think it's important because, you know, from a discipleship perspective, from Christians, ultimately, actually, I'll ask, I'll ask this question, then I'll give my evangelism thought on it. But um, how much, well, I guess we kind of already answered that question, right? Like, like I, what, what I'm trying to get to is, what is Genesis, what is the story of creation really, really ultimately point to? You, you brought this out in your message. It's, it's not pointing to, to really how creation happened as much as we want it to. It doesn't tell us exactly what happened. I mean, we can read that this is exactly how it happened, but there's a little bit of nuance in there. But what is it really trying to get to? Yeah, I mean, Genesis really, all, it's, it's getting to God. It's getting that God created the heavens and the earth. All right, here's a little framework of how it happened. And then we're moving on because it, it comes into the culmination of, of verse 26 and 27 when uh, God says, let us make man in our image. And that was the culmination of the creation of a man and woman um, of coming into being. Like, that's why God created. God, well, I'm not God and I can't fully say this, but God didn't just create because he wanted vegetables and animals and fish and birds flying around. No, he, he, wanted, to, he wanted to share his presence mm -hmm. with us. And so humanity, men and women are the culmination of that. Yeah, that's good. So I think, for, you know, from a Christian standpoint, that's where we need to go, right? Our hearts are drawn into the fact that we just see this amazing, wonderful God. And we'll talk about his good creation here in a second. But from an evangelistic point, if, if you can defend multiple positions here and, and really, you know, I heard someone do this once. He did so incredibly well where came and just was talking about different viewpoints of creation. Basically said, hey, he's like, even, even from a Big Bang perspective. Now, again, you, you start getting into a little bit more questionable theology there, but he's like, I can, I can point to God being the creator with many different w ways that, that fit into scripture. And again, you're not, this sounds probably worse than, than, than the way he did it. He put a lot, uh, you know, did it, said it a lot better. <clears throat> but the point is like, you, you could go to someone and, and say, hey, we believe the earth is, is only six, 7,000 years old. And they might have questions about that. But then you can point back and say, well, the old earth can make sense. I mean, you know, the, the sun and the moon weren't created until, until day four. So we, we can't have the, the normal earth rotation on its axis around the, around the sun. So you could argue that a normal day, there was morning and evening, um, but you could argue that a day was different at that time. That's what, you know, the old earth would probably argue in, in that time. Um, or like you said before, that Genesis 1-1 is the moment of creation. Then the earth sits for a while and grows older. And then humanity is created in the next few days. But the point is, is that, as an evangelist apologetic, you can, if you can be open to multiple, not, not to the point of, of um, 
losing the gospel. But mm-hmm. if you can say, hey, I can, I can see how God can create an old earth. I can see how God can create a new earth. I can see how, you know, God can be present in these things. I think it's just going to help the way you, you witness to a world that doesn't believe. And we talked about this last week. Genesis was writing to a culture that believed God existed. It was a question of what, which God or, you know, who was right about God. But the, the, the argument wasn't God or no God, which is happening now. Yeah. And so we have to argue and debate differently as evangelists in, in our culture today than they did at the time of Genesis. And so we just have to be careful with how we present that mm-hmm. to people and, and make sure that we can kind of understand those different viewpoints. Yeah. And I think, so you, that's, you gotta, you gotta have an understanding of the different viewpoints and it's also helpful to grow in understanding what is, what is the naturalistic worldview? What do they believe? And to be able to engage in that conversation. Because for example, if I'm like, yeah, man, I hold a young earth, young humanity viewpoint. And then you're asking the question about, you know, well, okay, science is kind of showing that, you know, the, the earth is actually old. Our universe is 13 billion years old. Like, how do you correlate, you know, both those things? You also heard me say out of my own mouth, I believe God is a God of order. Mm-hmm. So, you know, wouldn't that mean then like, you know, if we can study his creation and you could bring in all the topics yeah. of science, carbon dating and, you know, so wouldn't God allow things to, in an orderly way to age? Um, so that's where, you know, when we pick a lane on the one, one way highway of what we believe as Christians in, in creation, we should be open to, uh, you know, like, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a good, that's a good thought because, you know, that's, if I hold a young earth view, you got to start thinking through all those different dynamics, you know, uh, this, uh, the sun and the moon were created on day four. What does it mean that there was light, that mm-hmm. there was day and night in day one? Well, I don't know. We can go dig through scripture and. In Revelation, we're told that there actually won't be a need for a sun or a moon because the light and the presence of God will provide that. So who was at the beginning of creation, Ryan? God. God. So on day one, there was no need for a sun and a moon because God was there. You know, so that's what I'm saying. These are those fun things that you can just start digging around and learning more. Um, but uh, when, when I listen to myself talk, you're like, gosh, that kind of sounds like an old earth, young humanity viewpoint. Um, so it's just fun. It's fun to, I don't know, geek out on it's to, you know, you get into the languages a little bit. Um, but you know, the, again, the key point is getting back to what is the main purpose of the Genesis one and two account? Yeah. And Christians just be careful with that, right? Like don't get so caught up in, Oh, you have to believe this about creation or you're not a Christian. Like there, there are, that's why I study, study the like other Christian scholars because there are really intelligent solid, biblically grounded Christian people on both sides of the old earth, new earth kind of spectrum. So yeah. study both sides. Yeah. Uh, where, where would you go or where would you point people to? Do you have a good resource for people that want to study these different viewpoints? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've mentioned his name before, uh, Dr. John Lennox. He's a trusted uh, you know, person on YouTube. You can find all kinds of uh, videos on his lectures and they're all based around creation. And they're, they're great because he, he's a solid Christian that, that you can trust. So uh, <clears throat> there's also, you know, I, I brought up a, uh, briefly within uh, the message, uh, Galileo and, you know, the Copernicus, you know, theory <laughs> who started, you know, uh, talking about, you know, I think we actually live in a, heli- a sun-centered mm-hmm. universe. Um, and it was just so fascinating. In, in, in seminary, I took a class that was named Galileo. 
Uh, and so we spent a whole semester like diving into this topic and it was just, it was fun because you have church history connected with science and how the two clashed um, because it was, it was, it was reorienting the church's framework uh, that in the 15th century, they believed that the earth was the center of the universe. The earth did not move and it was flat and it was based off of scriptures. You know, the scriptures that talk about, you know, to the four corners of the earth. Mm -hmm. Again, let's go back to, you know, this is, this is metaphorical, you know, scripture there and we're using it as fact. Mm -hmm. um, so, okay, well, if there's four corners of the earth, that means, you know, it's like a map we unfold and we don't do that anymore. We have iPhones and you know, smartphones, but anyways, an old school map, you unfold, there's four corners on a map and that's just in their mind. That's where they landed on, you know, what creation looked like. But anyways, I would, uh, you know, a book from uh, Jerome Langford called Galileo science in the church. Great read that uh, goes through all the history of uh, the, the church and the reformation 16th century of uh, what that dynamic looked like. And then also a really good book called origins. Um, by Deborah and Lauren Razma, H-A-A-R-S-M-A. -A -A. Uh, but it, it covers the Christian perspectives on creation, evolution, and intelligent design. Mm. So they just lay out the different, in this book, they lay out the different viewpoints um, and, you know, help you get informed about them. Also, you know, how can Christians believe in a form of evolution? Um, and then, so those are like the three major resources that I've dove into. But you know what the biggest resource that, you know, I'd point to is the Bible, the Bible. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Making sure we're staying on track here. Yeah, there we go. All <laughs> right, Dustin, speaking of the Bible, uh, yeah. where in the Bible does it talk about dinosaurs? Dude. <laughs> so I got two questions after the, my sermon, my message, and the two questions were that specific thing. Uh, yeah. Hey, what about the dinosaurs? I'll let you answer that first. Great. Um, that is a, a good question. I think, again, it depends. It kind of depends on your viewpoint of this. There are old earth versions of this where the dinosaurs were part of the animal species and died out before God created humanity. There's the, the belief that the dinosaurs were there, that they, some even believe that they came on the ark, but then they were killed off because they were just too dangerous by people. So most of them obviously died in the ark. <laughs> I've never heard that, yeah, one. that I read that one once. You've heard they've been in, they were in but, the ark. <laughs> but also, yes, but, uh, but like there, there are references in, in Job and where's the other one to Leviathan, which describes dinosaur like characters. So you can, you can see it in scripture. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's something people, people struggle with, but I think that scripture does have some reasons to, to believe that like, oh yeah, there's an answer, sort of an answer for that, but it also doesn't answer where a lot of other animals are in scripture. You know, it's not just yeah. not getting specific about that. But the culture, the cultural teaching is that an asteroid killed them all. Correct. Okay. Uh, I, was it like the dodo bird that went extinct in like the nineties? Maybe. Can I just preface it? I'm not a scientist. Like that's really? not my uh, profession or like super knowledge. My point being, uh, there's species that will die off just over yeah. time. Um, so whenever the dinosaurs showed up, they died off. If we want to say an asteroid slammed into the earth and killed them all completely, well, I mean, that's again, like I was pointing out last week, that's, you know, that's having faith. You weren't there. So you're believing in something that you haven't seen. Yeah. Really? So. 
Yeah, you actually mentioned that you did talk about how if you believe in the Big Bang, that takes a great deal of faith. And, and I agree to that. I mean, it, it is something that you're going to have faith no matter what you believe. Because Correct. in both cases, let's be honest, you're believing something existed out of nothing. Mm-hmm. And the Christian viewpoint, you believe that God existed and created all things. And the non-Christian viewpoint, you believe that atoms, molecules somehow came out of nothing and just started forming and then collided and yeah. blew everything up into what we see now. So this leads me to a question for your, your covering creation of man and woman mm-hmm. this next week. So, I mean, if we just stay on this topic of creation between a biblical worldview and a naturalistic worldview, one seems bleak, hopeless, and pointless compared to a biblical worldview of like, man, we have a great hope and a purpose. Yeah. Because if we're just a created species and there's nothing after we are done with this biological mass that is amazing, uh, seems pretty dang pointless. Are you going to talk about that in your message somehow? I might. I mean, it, it is good. I, like, it, it, it is something that I think, you know, I think about often of like, I just don't know how you take the next step forward every day if you are not like believing that God exists, that he has a plan, that there's a future and a hope that Christ has, is going to redeem all things because yeah, it just, I mean, I struggle with feeling meaningless, like with that, that lie being pressed into my, my life anyways, knowing Christ. And then I go to Christ and I'm like, no, no, no. I see my value. I see who I am in him. So yeah, to look at the entire world and just to be like, wow, this place is just messed up and broken. And at the end of it, we're just going to die and it's, and it's all done. And like, that's it. Our whole, whole purpose is just to, there is no purpose. We just exist. And then we don't exist. And then life just move on. I, there's a lot I don't get, but I, yeah. I can't, I don't have enough time for all of that. So with that being said, Dustin, um, is there anything else that you want to say as a kind of a wrap up to Sunday sermon and this, this story of creation? Um, if it, if it, you know, if this sparks like an interest, you're like, man, this is pretty cool. I would encourage people to, to dive in, press in, learn more. Again, there's just no way to cover all the content in a message nor in a podcast. Um, but it just, I think it, it, even me like preparing for this message, it just invigorated me of like how amazing our God is. You know, sometimes we're so myopic and we just look at what's going on in life and pause and like, an imagery that came to mind was like Yosemite. You stand down mm. in the valley and you look up at the face of, um, I forget what the rock is called. Half Dome? Half Dome. There we go. You look up at Half Dome and you're like, man, that is so cool. Mm-hmm. I've never stood at the Grand Canyon and looked at it. I've seen pictures, but uh, it should just, it should well up just awe and wonder about God's creation. We also have uh, Alex Miller, who's on staff. Um, like he takes phenomenal pictures of the universe in essence, the stars and galaxies. And like, it's crazy that you can take a camera and point it up into the sky and just see amazingness up in the sky, like something our eyes can't see. Um, But anyways, to answer your question, I would encourage people to press in and learn more and have conversation and learn other viewpoints and also, you know, uh, I would say a naturalistic worldview, like dive more into the people who go down the big bang theory, uh, a God absent viewpoint. Like, you know, what are, what are their like major, you know, uh, views that they hold? So yeah, you shouldn't be scared of hearing someone else's view. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, and we can go outside of this topic of creation we should not be offended by people who do not believe in God and hold viewpoints. 
Now, if we're Christians and we, you know, if it's a non-essential doctrine or belief, like let's have fun conversation. Yeah. But then if you start like, you know, diving into some more essential stuff that's out of alignment, you know, there's going to be, we should be actually be as brothers and sisters in Christ, ironing, sharpening iron of holding one another accountable. Um, like to the big point of when we talk about scripture, like once you start questioning all these different things, it becomes a slippery slope. And then all of a sudden you're asking the questions of, you know, the flood, which, you know, I don't know if, are we covering that in the Genesis yeah. series? Yeah. So when you're, whoever's teaching on the flood, you know, it's like, okay, well, was it a local flood or was it a global flood? Or, you know, we just start asking questions way beyond scripture, uh, and treating them as if they're essential truths. So, um, but is, I don't know. I had fun. That's all I can say. It's good. And I'd yeah. imagine, you know, uh, for those who were here on Sunday listening to the message, it was probably like a fire hose treatment of just like so much information. Um, and I apologize for that. But, <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it, is, it is a lot to cover. And I mean, there are like, pop, I blame like, you, by the way, yeah, you should. I blame you. Like the Bible Project has like hours and hours and hours of podcasts on like creation like on the on the on the one sermon you did like they they have like an eight part series with like hour and a half episodes of each one like kind of like there's so much to explore which the bible project is an another they're another great resource yes uh for um content yep they have a website podcast videos all sorts of stuff just bibleproject.com yeah yeah very good so uh with that being said we will we'll wrap things up here want to let everyone know if you can go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or the YouTube video, if you are on YouTube, we appreciate it either way. Oh, and click the bell Is, or no, yeah, what's yeah, that? some notifications, notification, yeah, turn yep. your notifications on. And then also just hit the, the rating button. It's going to help really our church. Cause this is mostly for our church, but yeah, it's going to inflate Ryan's ego. Yeah, Come yeah, on yeah, everybody. Yeah. Let's, but, uh, but it helps, it helps other people find it. It makes it easier when you're searching Christ community church podcast. If you have some ratings on there, then it makes it easier to find when you are trying to search for it. So yep. make it easier on everyone else and give us five stars. I agree with that. Great. Thank you. See y'all next week. Bye.